Welcome back in listeners to another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined today by two wonderful artists. We have the playwright Richard Pletz and the director Job Ethan Christensen, both of whom are part of the world premiere of The Country Play, which is playing April 27th through May 14th at Theater for the New City. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting networksproductions.org and theaterforthenewcity.net. But let's go ahead and bring in our guests, Richard Pletz and John Ethan Christensen. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This is wonderful. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to talk about this new, this new work, this world premiere, The Country Play. It sounds mildly funny, but also very fascinating. So, Richard, why don't I start with you on this? Could you tell us a little bit more about the show? Yes. I variously call it my my homage to Chekhov. It's a kind of a Chekhovian play set in the country, very autobiographical. My wife and I and our daughter owned a house in northwest Connecticut for 20 years. We no longer own it. But out of that experience, friends coming, getting to know neighbors, stories that that uh, were told and copied down by me, it, it it evolved into this 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 kind of relaxed country setting over a summer during which people come together and have certain issues that they that they bring to that summer, and the the main character. Michael is supposed to, well, he is retiring there to write his novel. He's a he's a professor at NYU who's retiring and he's going there to to write his book and he's having a hell of a time doing it. Uh, it's not just quite so easy. And then it's interfered with by various people and issues. His daughter is is going off to college. His stepmother is there and with an unresolved romantic issue with him that goes back in time 20 years and there's the place itself that was very bucolic when when they first owned it bought it his grandfather actually bought it It was a farm of 350 acres and it's been gradually sold off to to a certain person in town who sort of is buying up everything and what used to be farmlands and woodlots and grazing fields is becoming a, a a lake because the owner of the land is 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 digging it for its gravel and this is a serious source of of anger irritation to michael and that's sort of how it goes it's sort of everyday life but with lots of issues kind of <laughs> boiling up where did you come up with the idea for this show i think you mentioned it's semi autobiographical yeah yeah it is my daughter doesn't like like me to to say that, well, Antonia is based on you. She says, well, it's not. I don't do this, that, and the other thing. So, yes, it's strongly based on our life and the neighbors that we had up there and friends. And I've taken considerable liberties with that. <laughs> I, I hope they don't mind. One one friend who, who a character is based on read read an early draft of it, and he hated it. That's not that's not me. That's not me. But then he came to a reading that that we did last last spring, and 
<laughs> he changed his mind. He liked it. So who knows? But yeah, I mean, it, it was something that conversations, real life experience, it evolved slowly over actually 16 years into, into this play. Well, let me bring our other guests in, Job, the director, and ask, what has it been like developing this work? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful process, and it's a just a lovely, wonderfully in-depth play with incredible language. I can say that because Richard can't. He is an amazing wordsmith, and he develop his, develops his character so well, and you are just drawn into those stories. And so when I was asked to originally do the reading, I found myself sort of entranced by this and definitely felt that, you know, sort of Chekhovian influence where there's comical characters, there's serious brooding characters, there's people and, 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 and really in this scenario, they're all going through a transition, each and every one of them. And in a moment of time, which is a country play in the summer of 1997, they all are sort of lost and trying to find meaning, trying to find purpose. And it's also war in progress. Here, he doesn't want to have this lake happen, but inevitably it is. And that is a metaphor for our lives. We can fight progress. We can go against the grain. We can try and halt it. But it happens no matter what we are doing, no matter what happens. And we can either acquiesce or we can, you know, fight some more or give and take, as it were. But it's a beautiful play. And the language and the scenes and the reflections are just sort of memorizing. So I, I, I'm so proud to be a part of this. And I'm so honored that Richard gave me this opportunity because it's truly... Uh, a captivating piece. That's lovely. And Richard, again, as the playwright, what has it been like developing the show and, and seeing the play get legs and go up? It's been an interesting process. And for me, it's the words are there and I'm learning so much. We have we have an incredible cast of, uh, of nine characters. And, you know, I put the words on the page and they speak them. And I realize that Certain words, they don't have to be spoken. They're much better not spoken. And so I'm, it's a very collaborative process. And I'm, I'm so grateful that, that, that Job invites that, that he is a very collaborative person, as are the actors. It's, it's, it's been a terrific process. In fact, this morning, I'm, <laughs> I'm just rewriting scene 11 <laughs> to try and make it move faster. <laughs> and... Uh, I have a feeling changes will will go right up to opening night. And God bless the actors and Job who puts up with me doing that. But it all goes to making it a better play. And I think ultimately we're we're all on board with that. But it's exciting. I mean, you know, to be in a world premiere and like sealing sort of scenes and moments and, you know, and then evolving them and changing and saying, oh, okay, I think this part can be taken out it's a repeat but this one can be you know stand out and 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 then discovering what the whole purpose of the flow is you know where this ebbs and where this one doesn't necessarily matter so i think it's an incredible process and i do like richard said love collaboration i think the the whole essence of theater is collaborating I, and my directing style is very collaborative as well because i believe that actors 
and designers and playwright and directors and all of us have an equal amount to contribute. And so I want to give guidance, but I don't want to get in the way of their discovery or somebody else's, you know, ideas of designs. And we all kind of go through this collaboration as we seal this whole project into place. So it's, it's I, I love it. In fact, I love rehearsals. Performances are great. That's wonderful. And I used to be a performer, but I love the process. Yes, that, that's where the magic happens, all the playing and that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Job, sticking with you for this next question, what is the message or thought you're hoping the audiences will take away from the show? I think it comes down to the here and now, that time is sort of undefinable, and the troubles that we, and moments that we come across that, you know, challenge us, and disturb us and and the moments of celebration are all so you know it's a myriad of emotions that can go up and down and and what really is important is that we are in the moment and we savor the moment because in in an instant something can change instantly and that is truly in the essence of the show and i won't give it away but there is you know that moment where we're all trying to figure something out and snap it all goes in a different direction. So the important thing to me and for me to convey to the audience is the power of the moment and savoring that and being present and being a part of everything else that is around you. That's so wonderful. Richard, what about you? That's a tough question. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think... Job is much better at characterizing my play than I am. <laughs> but but I think it's the the lifelike quality that I think that I wanted to put in into the writing that the characters are are very alive and and really unpredictable. They're kind of they even surprise themselves, I think. And I think I hope an audience will find this a play that they enjoy living with. In, in the sense that, you know, they're not going to be kept on the edge of their seat all the time. It's it's kind of, for lack of a better word, like real life, maybe. But it, but it isn't, of course. It's it's manipulated and, and we're trying to, you know, focus it. My wife keeps trying to get me to shorten it. We have, <laughs> we have quite, quite the discussions. <laughs> I think really... very modest. I think, you know, that in a true Chekhovian way it is to be able to see yourself in many people and many characters and that is the power of what he has written is that we see ourselves up there and there's nine characters and each of them are an aspect of every audience member's personality so yes andrew you might you might be interested to know there once was a dog in this play but i was convinced (laughs) by my wife and others to, to not only not have a dog but not have a dog handler that we would have to pay <laughs> and there was a 10th character too that we that, that we lost along the way so it's gone through a lot and that's the power of transition that's the power of progress it's wonderful yeah well my final question for this first part of the interview is who do you hope have access to the show and richard if i can start first with you on that one well the nice thing about theater for the new city is it's it's such a community-based theater 
and you know just regular people come there and their prices are like top off our ticket price tops off at eighteen dollars for seniors and twelve for students. I mean twelve for students and seniors and and eighteen, which you can hardly see a movie these days. So it 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 has that wonderful outreach quality. And so I, I hope a lot of just regular folks come and and see our play. I mean, I also think it, it would work really well in community theaters. There's a there's a, a wide range and, and and I guess half the folks are, you know, older. So it would it would be an appealing piece, I think, to put on in community theaters. Joe, what about you? One of the marvels of this play is that it's multi-generational. And I mean, all the way from like, you know, a more mature uh, characters to an 18-year-old. And then they have a 32-year-old and 40-year-olds and 60-year-olds. And it, it truly appeals to everyone because everyone has, you kind of can, can attach yourself to a certain character and kind of live in their experience and I also love I mean it's the first time I've ever directed at theater for the new city and they are really exceptional I mean I I'm so impressed with what they do and I've, I've seen things there but I've never been behind the scenes and it's a it's truly truly like I said a marvel all the things and it's exciting and and it's accessible by the public and for the neighborhood so i really hope that all multi-generationals really come and see it because they will see it themselves switch gears now and let our listeners get a chance to get to know the two of you a little bit more. And I want to start by asking you both what shows or composers or playwrights have inspired you in the past, or maybe do you love Job, if I can start with you on that one. Oh my goodness. Well, I have been a part of the theater community. I grew up in a theater family and I was always mesmerized by musical theater and that's what I originally went uh, to school for at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor and I have been a fan of Sondheim since I was very young because of and that's why I'm so old the uh, HBO HBO or Showtime versions that got broadcast and my family had you know sort of the they I think they rented a video VCR and taped it and then sent the VCR back to Blockbuster, whatever it was. And my <laughs> sister and I would watch that on loop for months, months. And that's when things weren't accessible. And that was before YouTube. And that's when you had vinyls, records, as you call them then. And, you know, it's just like, this is always like, you know, I've, that was my introduction into the process. And I also was, a, my dad was a director in high school. So I was a part of plays from the age of four. And, you know, I was in productions like Sound of Music and, you know, the whole spiel. I mean, I had it. And so 
I have always loved, you know, uh, James Lapine has always been great, uh, but I love Joe Mantello and Gary Mitchell as far as, you know, just having that experience of musical theater uh, in my life. I think there are many, as I grew older, I became more familiar with Roundabout and Manhattan Theater Club and the public theater. And so my taste obviously grew and expanded. And I've always tried to keep a hand in everything and tried to see as much theater as possible. And about 10 years ago, I, I had a stroke that took me out of performing and massive stroke and had a big rehabilitation and seeing theater and being a part of theater was a big part of my recovery. And I also then went back to school to sort of repair my cognition, as it were. And I took playwriting at ESC SUNY and had my mentor, Linda Crawford, and my mentor, Lucy Winner, who were very instrumental in, in actually my recovery, and but also in my education of, of a new form of theater. And I fell in love with playwriting, so I began playwriting. And that's actually how, kind of how Richard... And I became in, acquainted because, you know, I, I started writing plays and, and it was my creative therapy, you know, that really took me. So as far as answering your question, though, I, I really did. I can't per se say one true inspiration, but my original was James Lapine and Stephen Sondheim. That's amazing. Richard, let me bring you back in and, and find out what inspires you. Check off, of course. I love the seagull and Uncle Vanya. And and Samuel Beckett, just, you know, my hero, Pinter. I love those wordsmiths. And my wife and I went and saw a really wonderful show that I, I, I didn't know. Susan Laurie Park's Top Dog, Underdog. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. I mean, it was just... The writing, the acting, it was wonderful. So those are my influences. And oh, <laughs> I'm I'm hearing a voice from a nearby chair saying, "What about cabaret?" Yeah, I mean, we saw the one with Alan Cumming and what? Mm-hmm. Natasha Richardson yeah. at Studio Fifty Four. Mm-hmm. We sat like we were in, you know, a uh, an old German cabaret, and it was like just thrilling. I mean, we we drank champagne and we were totally there. It was wonderful. So that was that was great. What did you say? Her mother, Miss Redgrave, she was apparently wringing her hands because she wasn't a very good. She, Natasha, was wringing her hands because she was not a very good singer. And her mom said, neither was Sally Bowles. You're perfect. Um, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. In fact, Liza Minnelli almost didn't make sense because they said she was too talented to be hidden in a 1927 Berlin cabaret. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Kind of along those lines, have either of you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I don't know if Top Dog, Underdog, I don't know if it's still running. Do you? It's no, it's, it's, I don't think it, it, is. it closed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Between Riverside and Crazy, that closed. But I think coming up, Fat Ham will be wonderful. I saw it at the public. I think Leopold's Thoughts by Tom Stoppard is amazing. I think uh, Prima Fauci will be really good. Uh, I'm really anxious about that. 
Oh, and I, as far as musicals go, I, I think I would, I have to see, I have tickets for Parade in May. So I also want to uh, put a plug in for the Thanksgiving play. I think that will be, you know, really exceptional. It's uh, an indigenous writer and, and, and promises to be very humorous and interesting and compelling. Yeah. Let me ask, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? And Richard, if I could start with you on that. My favorite part of it is, is the, its collaborative nature of, you know, unlike Samuel Beckett, who I, I believe, you know, just had his, everything was done exactly the way he wrote it. I don't feel that way at all. I really like you know, seeing what actors do with the words that I write. And I'm open to changing it if, if you know, whatever they bring to it. So, yeah, that's that's absolutely my favorite part of, of live theater. And Joe? You know, I, I, I think people always say the, I think they've been saying it for 50 years, the death of live theater. And I don't believe it ever will be because you can't replace it, right? You can't replace that live experience the feeling of that you know in the theater seeing a mirror of yourself in real time i mean it's in it's incredible and so i think that that is you know the aspect of uh loving that you know the presence the moment of living in that theater i think in creating it i i definitely love like i said before the collaboration the collaboration is is the point it's always the point and that collaboration goes into the audience and the viewing of it as well because that in itself creates its own energy creates its own presence creates its own way of of being and you kind of have different interpretations and as people go out into the theater and then live with that in their own worlds it's all collaborative and we're all a part of it. audience artists and you know the public in general i love those answers both they're fantastic and that leads me to my personal favorite question to ask guests which is what is your favorite theater memory and job if i can start with you on that i was in ninth grade and I saw uh, Lily Tomlin in the search for intelligent signs in the universe. And when I saw her and the magic of the only she and some sound effects and directing, yeah, it was over. You know, I, I knew what I wanted to do from the start. And and there have been experiences since then, of course. But that always sticks in my mind as a, a just a definitive experience of theatrical theatricalism you know it's it's just it was just so powerful and what she did on stage was immense and i really haven't seen anybody do that since you know just a one person who just goes over 38 characters and you know creates this world i they've been close but it's amazing. And and Jane Wagner is, of course, a, a really brilliant playwright. So, yeah. That is such a fantastic memory. And I wish, I wish I could have seen Lily Tomlin in that show because it's such a fabulous show. And I can only imagine how brilliant that was. 
It's amazing. Richard, what about you? What is your favorite theater memory? Well, as I as I said earlier, the um, Cummings Richardson a cabaret. But then going back, my dad was always acting. He was a member of of the Slingerlands Players up in where I grew up outside of Albany. And I remember him playing Prospero. And, you know, he, oh, probably his, uh, his high point was playing Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman with the Slingerlands Players. And, you know, it was just, my mother couldn't take it that he died after each performance or in in each performance it was so real so yeah those a personal one i don't know how great an actor he was he was a little hammy but it's it's connected to the heart for sure wow that's amazing as well wow thank you both for those memories thank you both for sharing those i appreciate that are there any other projects or productions either of you have coming in the pipeline we might be able to plug for you? I am currently editing a movie that I did about my stroke experience, and I will release it. I did a, a, an initial production last November, and I'm going to do a, do it again coming up in this fall. But I don't have a place yet, but that, that's kind of what I'm working on. Anything for you, Richard? Yeah, this the country play will be our our fifth production at Theater for the New City, and I'm thinking, yeah, this is the last, the, this is my last hurrah. But it's so damn much fun. So already, <laughs> I'm thinking about an evening of three one acts that uh, that have never been done and would be would involve an ensemble cast of of actors playing different roles. It would be. I think a lot of fun to do. And these pieces are very Beckettian or Pinteresque, if you will, unlike the, the, the country play. So yeah, it's can't keep can't help thinking a little bit more into the future, sort of with the enthusiasm that this that this project is engendering. I think that it's like a natural progression in all artists. Like you start a project and you get so enamored, you start thinking about the next. <laughs> or you know, or or you know, you open a show and then on opening night you're like, okay, so what is next? You know, so I, I think it's a state of the art. If our listeners want more information about the country play or about either of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? I think they can visit Theater for the New City to see when our show is, and and they can actually visit my website www.jobethanchristensen.com. Uh, I have things on other plays that I've written and things that I'm doing. And I just uh, graduated with my master's in social work, and I'm a therapist on the side. So, yeah. Well, my my normal email is, you know, I'm I'm available at richard.pletz at gmail. Then there's the the website, which has like past productions and all that sort of thing on it, which um, let me see. It's Ned Works. Uh, it's Ned Works Productions, and that has all of his plays and all of his accomplishments and his bio. And you can see how much he's really accomplished. And it's, it's vast. 
Well, Richard and Job, thank you so much for joining me today and taking the time to, to speak to me about this incredible world premiere of this wonderful play and sharing just these, these memories, this knowledge that you have. I, I really appreciate it. So thank you both so much. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This has been fun. Yeah, this, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to talk what we love. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. My guests today have been the playwright Richard Pletz and the director Job Ethan Christensen, whose world premiere of the play, The Country Play, is taking place April 27th through May 14th at Theater for the New City. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting nedworksproductions.org and theaterforthenewcity.net. We also have some contact information for our two guests that we'll list in our episode description as well as our so on our social media. So make sure you get your tickets now for The Country Play, which is a fabulous new show. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a wonderful evening out at one of our favorite theaters, Theater for the New City. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.